Morning, Jerry. Here we are again. Hello, hello. I there is so much on my mind. I am oh, absolutely buzzing. You know how okay. there's there's too much in in your yeah. head, and it's almost like you've got to download yeah. because a lot I does think. happen in our profession. <laughs> oh, um, so much happens. Always, there's always lots to think about True. and take that as you will, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, are you ready yes, to hear the so epic ready. stuff? Yep, off you I go. attended a national conference. And yes, yeah. and oh, good. Because, because of the nature of COVID, it was virtual, although it's mm-hmm. being held in a secret city where there is no <laughs> lockdown or, in fact, no masks. Um, these people seems sitting on, at tables like, oh, together. Oh, uh, shocking. Okay, yes, like they did in the olden days before COVID. Righto, yes. Yes, yes. Righto. So, so I was in the Zoom coming in yes. from the computerised interweb with the other delegates <laughs> in, in the right. lockdown environment. Okay. Uh, but I had not been to an eating disorder conference oh. for 10 years. Oh, uh, wow. Possibly more than 10 years. So that has prompted me to reflect on the changes oh. and also prompted me to reflect on, I guess, what conferences yeah. mean to me, which is, is actually a huge issue. And yeah. you know, Imi, that... yes. As I look back, I really think that I'm remembering the good more than the bad. I think that's um, the nature of nostalgia, isn't it? You, is it? You think it's nostalgic? Yeah, it's, We're nostalgic it's, for the times <laughs> when we used to go to conferences. Yeah, you forget the, the horrors of camping. You just remember the wine, the cheese and the sunset. You don't, you don't remember the setting up the tent and the rain and everyone whinging and cold. You don't remember that, strangely. Uh, Anyway, yeah. nostalgia. Okay, yes. Yes. So there was some nostalgia. Yeah. Now, and it was also, I guess, uh, interesting and informative to watch that world from yeah. the relative position of an of an outsider. And they did some things at the con at the uh, conference really, really well. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. First of all, uh, it must be said they had a pretentious tagline. Awesome. Uh, I love a pretentious tagline. What was it? Let's have it. It reminds me of the housewives. Where is uh, the pretentious tagline? Yeah. Having highlighted Um, it. Ruffle ruffle your papers and look busy. (laughs) Yes, it was from ripples to rivers. How far we jeez. Oh, we're so creative when we squash all of our artistic talents into a tagline. Oh, geez, we're good. Mm-hmm. Rip- I like the use of the word ripples. That sort of, you know, it just Im- implies wind on the top of a still lake, just sort of disturbing slightly the calmness. <laughs> I, I, no? Maybe they changed their tagline okay, because right. I seem okay. to recall something <laughs> around the nature of um, uh, onward towards the sea. Well, the one, <laughs> I, the counselling psych one that I really liked was Catalysts for Change. It sounded very revolutionary, and but I think that was short lived. I don't know what it is at the moment. It's probably uh, probably on an umbrella I've got or something. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's all about the tagline, isn't it? It's the, all about the tagline. The organisation that has probably been most formative towards me and influential conference-wise is the AACBT, um, which is the Australian Association of Cognitive Behaviour Therapists. And their tagline is... What's their tagline? uh, Coming up, their tagline Uh is Recovery and Reconnection. Oh, it's so delightful. Really, you know, it's nice, isn't it? It's real nice. I, I did it. I'm coming to this with a bit of a, a sarcastic framework, Sorry. but you're loving the tagline. No, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted because I get, where you, I get that tone. 
But I and I, I'm trying to. I'm probably having an internal process myself because before we hopped on, I said I have had a big day yesterday. We're all miserable in lockdown in my secret city. Everyone's going absolutely bananas. But we won't pull focus on that moment. So I'm trying. I'm trying to be professionally positive as well. Now perhaps that's coming off as insincere. <laughs> And maybe there's a certain amount of truth for that. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, but you're, Jerry, are, are you talking. Are you not filled with love and joy and uh, uh, stimulation? It's a skill. Especially <laughs> speaking, I absolutely am. On a personal level, I it's more complex than that. Yes. It's, so, But it'll come become clear as we go forward because I will just trust the process and see what happens next. Like, you know, we do our mindfulness. Keep going, Jerry. You've got to be in your bonnet. Like, do you want to hear you, some stories? Yes, I do. I do want to hear some stories. I love a story from you. <laughs> well, yes. someone once said to me many years ago that the only thing which changes about yeah. an eating disorders conference is <laughs> the hairstyles of the women who attend. Oh, you're so funny. That um, no, no. I don't agree. You don't I, agree. I, okay. I, I think they're like over 10 years, I think. There yeah. was change, and uh, okay, the, what was the change? Now, not not being an aficionado of the eating eating disorder practice, um, what has changed? Do you think what's changed? The people changed. Some oh, yeah. people had retired. Uh, oh. It was much bigger right. and more powerful. This was evidenced by the fact that in a global pandemic, the federal health minister was part of the opening ceremony. So, uh, I guess that's a message of where Mm. where some of the power lies. Mm. And uh, they did the things. First of all, what what they've always done well or what has been my experience is a sense of shared purpose. Uh, We're all here against the pain and the suffering of eating disorders. Sure. Uh, So that was well done and wonderful to be a part of. Uh, The other thing that they do well-ish is involve consumers and sometimes I think that is really good and sometimes it can cross over into yeah. cringy, query, even exploitative. Yeah. Oh, dear, that is com- it's very um, yeah. Uh, so uh, having... Having said that, some conferences never even try. So, you know, full full marks there. Yeah. And uh, in general, as I, (laughs) this is a product of me getting older, but in general, people seemed younger and possibly shinier. Shinier, uh, you are shinier when you're younger. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think. I think you. I think you might be. I think there's more attention to personal grooming. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was the product, also that the conference wasn't held in a city with lockdown. <laughs> so. uh, yes, yes. You, you can't get to the hairdresser at the moment. Um, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny you should bring this up because I was sort of dwelling on this issue about getting older in the profession and what that means. Like on paper or theoretically, you know, we should we should we should have um, more refined skill sets, Jerry. We should be able to do things more efficiently and expert expertly. But I don't I don't know if that's the way the young people see us, the young practitioners see us. I. I think after the nationalisation of the boards in Australia, which happened in 2010, it seemed to have a knock-on effect to the training requirements. That mm. like, Well, the, fir- the first thing that happened was all of the college, the APS college training, mo- you know, master's degrees disappeared in, and clinical psych was the only one left. And then this very odd, it, they don't call it a general psychologist's master's, but they just call it a 
Masters of Psych- Psychological Practice came out, okay, and then you did like a year of that or a year and a half of that and then you did a year of practice. And then, and then you got your licence or your registration. And I think, I, I, I mean, I understand the need for standardising, but it sort of reduces the creativity in practice. It, and I, that's what I'm starting to notice. I'm not sure if this became, if you observed this in any way at the conference, but it's sort of, I don't, I don't want to use the word diluted, but it's it's standardised the training in a very, I don't find it that interesting way. It's harder to um, develop a practice style now because things are very regimented, like there's these techniques. You become a technician rather than an artist, Mm, mm, like mm. a mechanic rather than a painter or something, which I'm, or a collaborator even, like, you know. Mm, mm. And... Is that relevant? I would, yes, it is relevant. Mm. It's possibly analogous to standardising the uh, high school syllabus. Yeah. Uh, For example, yeah, yeah, it is great. People learn things that are, that it's decided what we need to know or decided what is, is best, but you lose something because one of the hugely interesting things when you talk to someone professionally or even personally is where did you grow up what did you learn yeah but now we're all going to do the same books for senior we're all going to learn the same thing we're all going to have very similar experiences and that's possibly going to be a we're going to have similar experiences in what we learn so yeah. yeah, now I am yeah. among the most I like mm. to think of myself. Oh, yes. I'm sure I yes. always fall down, but this is a, a core value. Yeah. Um that I'm strongly evidence-based and yeah. um well, you know, I've talked about my favorite conference organization is is the AACBT. I'm I'm a, sure. a member of the Australian Clinical Psychology Association, so my professional organization. Uh, and in fact, myself, I agree with these values uh, very, very strongly that that there is a specific skill set in clinical psychology and a area of content that you need to know. And there's also a process. However, having said all of that, I still know what you mean because the strategy makes me absolutely cringe. So in my time, I've had a particular clientele, usually uh, a very stressed out mum who wants to give their adolescent or young adult strategies. Oh, bless. Uh, I love that client. Quick fix them. Um, yeah, and I think, well, well, do you really need me? Just look at the Sunday paper, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting question. That's like what What exactly are we, yeah, yeah, mm, Jerry, that's a very, yes, I know that case. I know that case very well. Um, but we are getting to the heart of the matter because yeah. th- this is what I was really thinking yeah. because okay, I was really you know. When you go to a conference, right? Yeah. When one. When one. When I go to a conference. When one buggers off to a conference. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the key part of a conference, isn't it? You want yeah, it to cocktails. be away from your family. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you want to have you want to have some a little bit of fun between the snoring. Mm. Sorry, that was wrong. Um but the positive thing about a conference, because there is lots to bitch about, and, and I'm here for that. There's no doubt about it. Oh, it's, it's debriefing, um, debriefing. That's all we're doing. We're debriefing. Exactly. <laughs> but the really positive thing is that yeah. many, many people are there. In fact, even the yeah, majority of people are there saying to themselves, how can I be better at what I do? No, and I love it. I'll tell you what, psychologists are doing a hell of a job right now if anyone's listening who's mm. in the game. And I also think provisional psychs should be allowed to charge Medicare rebates because we desperately need them. Like we just, like people, we are, we don't have enough of us at the moment. We just mm. don't. Mm. 
People are booked mm. out. I can't take more clients. Just had to quickly say they had a bit of surge of energy, Jerry. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just I mean, had some off. Yes. For right. Yes. This was highlighted at the conference, and this is one thing that they did very well. They did very well at being non-defensive about this is what we've done, this is what's yeah, going to happen, and right. this is what you have to do. And what oh. that was around was the area of accreditation. Oh, okay. And so that would that that was that was actually really well done. So we're seeing similar themes here because the great, uh, the great paradigm, the great I need a word, Emmy, the great yes. tension oh, in yes, accreditation yes. Yes. is well. If we put accreditation in, then will there be less people to help? Right. Uh, so, so you're talking about accreditation for eating disorders, is that right? Yes, like, yes. So that yeah, is coming in before yeah, okay. the end of the year. But it's also kind of what you were talking mm. about yeah. is provisional psychs um, yeah. giving Medicare rebates would oh, they need solve a workforce problem. Oh, but does the quality yeah. of care decrease is there enough in inverted commas because i'm not talking about a formal accreditation but is there enough accreditation and will everybody be safe right yeah will people also get the best possible care and i okay now i'm hearing that critic come in again jerry and you're doing your clinical psych perfectionist thinking let's just park that for a minute so what we've got here is we've got the young young folk they're on, they've got a provisional registration. They've got supervisory structures in place. They've done all the theory. They're ready to go, do you know? We're talking about 10 sessions under Medicare. And even if you just get your stride with a few strategies, some Rogerian oh, reflective strategies, you know, <laughs> well, it's, get going, get on the road. You're licensed to drive. Let's start. I mean, clients need it. We don't have enough of us. <laughs> Let's get on with it. If you were a registrar in a hospital, you, if you were in the medical training model, you would be, you'd be working by now. So, mm, you know, like mm, I don't what know. Is the, what's the, what's, what do you think the problem is? They've got four, um, five years under their belt by the time they've got provisional status. That's a lot. It, 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 it's a lot, but it's, well, is it a lot? It's, well, they're not, I, I'm they're not, not sure. on their own. I'm well, not Jerry, sure yeah. I accept it's a lot. You don't think um, five years is a lot? Five, I don't accept five years is a lot because what do you do in those five years? You learn how to think like a scientist. You learn yes. all the developmental theory. You know, you learn all the theory. Yes. I mean, so by the time you've met the re- registra- the provisional registration requirements, you've, you've already got two supervisors on, on, on in the structure. Yes. Um, whatever you, if you, you won't be able to just open up your own shop because I, I think that's just daunting anyway. But you'd probably go and work for another psychologist. So there's, al- there's already lots of oversight. There's lots of oversight. What do you think they're going to do? Mm. Like, would you say the same thing about a kid learning to drive? I'm. Do you think they not- need more time in behind a like computer screen I'm- or something? I'm not sure. The New what are you Wales, worried about? What okay. am I worried about? Well, um, actually, just on that subject, not that we're revealing states, I remember looking at the bloody provisional psych training requirements across states before the National Board was implemented, and New South Wales was particularly light on with requirements. Like Queensland was pretty intense, Victoria was pretty intense, WA was pretty intense, Lots mm. of things to do, lots of hoops to jump through. But but New South Wales mm. was particularly light on. It was like just show up and breathe and then we'll, you know, let two years go and then you can be a psych. And <laughs> it was a bit, it, the, 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 the standard was not as sophisticated as the other states. So I don't know if that's what, if there's a legacy of that that perhaps you're aware of. But you seem mm. very nervous about provisional psychs allow, allowing them to work. What's, what's that about, dude? Just, I'm seriously um, curious. It's about two things. So I'll okay. speak yeah. generally first and okay. then more um, personally. Okay. Um, generally, yeah. in terms of the Western world. Right. Right. So I don't know. And, and that 
I guess is mainly I'm referring to the United States um, or the UK, but perhaps not just the English-speaking world, like uh, Europe, uh, Japan. Um, provisional mm. psychology is a very, very, uh, it's not a lot of years. It's I've heard that it's actually the lowest requirements in the Western world. That's the tagline clinical psychs have been trotting out for a long time, but I don't Mm. think it actually holds up under proper investigation. Like Possibly. I I think it's just a bit of propaganda, to be honest, to bolster their own flagging self-image. Like I think clinical psychs as a group uh, don't have a very well-developed sense of uh, personal identity and they bolster it with we are excellent you and if i'm okay you are not okay if you're okay i can't be is this weird binary perceptual distortion that seems to go on and it's got nothing to do with the with young psychologists starting their career it's got nothing to do with that i i think it does have something to do with that because this this is where we do go more personal. Okay. And okay. I reflect back and I think to myself, was I ready after honours? Well, there's a, self, um, there's a self-regulating component to this. Like, for example, say this was allowed. Clients also can reject you and if it's because they're, they're paying, right? So if, they're not, mm. if they don't perceive they're getting anything out of the service you're offering, they won't return. Mm, but that that's not efficient. That's not efficient if we're trying to reduce suffering and help the mental health of Australia. Well, uh, wow. That is, there's so much in what you just said there. It's impossible to know how to respond to it, Jerry. Well, you don't have to respond. I don't yeah. think that that was too... Well, it's hard to have a meaningful dialogue about that because it's just there's a lot in what you just said that you've squashed a lot of lot of detail into the statement that you know relieving suffering you know relieving anyone's suffering is ask the Buddhists life's all about suffering like you know yeah. that's, that's a really complicated goal. To well, have. yeah, that that is like yeah. what do we want to do? Like what we well, haven't we haven't defined yeah, like if, the problem. Like right well, now, you, yeah. what do we want to do? We want to reduce well, the waiting list. We want people yeah, to have yeah. a basic kind of psychological care. Like what? Well, what are, what you are doing? we trying to do? And I think this is where psychology has been reduced to technician status. Like you're teaching skills. You're establishing sleep routines. You know, you, you're teaching. Um, how to manage affect states like it yeah Yeah. you know like it's not that that if that's what you're doing for medicare that's not super complicated Mm, but you can't this this is the tricky thing you can't know in session one if that's what you're doing or if the person has uh complex and chronic mental health disorders Sure, but they're not going to make it to a. Is even just a little bit, or is even just a little bit tricky, you know? Of course, Um, they're tricky. Or multi layered. And there there is no regular, and they won't make it to a provisional psych. Like, probably, probably 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 you're right, but there is no actual regulatory. Well, the client, except that the client themselves has to, they have to kind of connect to you and that's where the skill set comes in and it takes years to refine that ability to build rapport to a, such a diverse level and, and have the stamina to do it as well. So, but how do you learn? You've got to get in the deep end. Mm, mm, I don't think it is just that though i think it is uh it, it we're talking about skills right we're talking about wow. skills of assessment and treatment but we're uh, we're talking about the relationship we're talking about a yeah. lot of things we're talking about yeah. a knowledge base but you know what we're actually yeah, what? also talking about a process mm-hmm. and okay the, the process yeah. uh is different for different 
uh, trainings and labels in psychology. I think this is where we're having a bit of a problem with psych at the moment. We've generalised the training to such a degree that it's lost that diversity of skill set, which used to be self-initiated. Like if you had a particular interest, you could join an interest group or even work your way to joining a college if you were a member of the Australian Psychological Society. So it used to be a bit more organic. Some of it's become, you know, streamlined and standardised and endorsed by the board in in the form of endorsements where there is stipulated training requirements so you can be endorsed in clinical psychology or endorsed in counselling psychology. And I think I think this Australians, in my view, seem to they love an accreditation. We love accreditation. Mm. And I think it offsets our feelings of low self-esteem and, and fear if we're about doing it wrong. But I don't mm. think it actually solves the problem. I don't think because becoming highly skilled in any specialised clinical presentation takes years, it takes ages. And just because you might have a skill set in it doesn't mean your peers will necessarily recognise you and it doesn't necessarily mean that the client group will recognise you. It, it's very complicated. Yeah, you know? matching matching those those two things is, is a challenge <laughs> enough in itself. <laughs> so I get that the accreditation is an attempt to sort of build a bridge between those um, goals, you know, but I don't know. I think we... Like we love accreditation in Australia. We just love a membership of something. It, but I don't know if it solves the problem exactly of becoming competent in this area. Or, and it's possibly like mental health is a, a, a community collective issue that we're still trying to work out what to do about. Yes. Like Now, yeah. this yes. is you've kind of fallen into my okay. cunning or, trap. Oh, God. Uh, because. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. I, I learned two interesting things right mm-hmm. um first of all i'm reading uh brie what is brie's last name i'm pretty Who's sure brie? oh brie brie oh. brie's written um who gets to be smart and oh, oh, bless. it oh, okay. is perhaps a little bit too smart a book for me i'm <laughs> kind of yeah, skipping some pages so you, you got booted um <laughs> Okay, all right, you were bad. Okay. But she's but yes, as as the yeah. name would suggest, who gets to be smart, who gets to be an expert appears to be the theme. And she points out some really good things. Yeah. Um that white men generally oh, get to yeah. decide what's important to study and huge bodies of knowledge, such as the knowledge of Aboriginal people, oh, um, yeah. that they don't get to be smart because they're body of knowledge is not good point. decreed. Like no, no, it doesn't have it's status. A, yeah, yes. It's not, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a really good point, isn't it? And then at the conference there was a model, and as I saw the model, I thought Imi would love this model because it's so funny. Okay, um, yes. Because it's really um, clinical psychology <laughs> loves a model and a conference they loves know, a no, model and put those things together. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, is fantastic. So one okay, of the we've speakers, got a model. yes, one of the speakers was Timothy D. Brewerton uh, okay. from Medical University of South Carolina, but he talked about key features of trauma-informed care, oh, and nice. it was oh, yeah, yeah. Timothy wow. brought some stuff to the table. Look at and you coming in research. I love it, Jerry. You're so you're such a good professional. I, where's my stickers? Um, <laughs> but wait till you hear this. Okay, you'll love yeah. it. Okay. okay. First of all, you've got to visualize a triangle. I'm, I'm and lots triangle. of good models are in the shape of a triangle. I love a triangle. The food Re- pyramid, for example. Uh, the rescuer, <laughs> perpetrator, victim triad. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also um, the kind of behavioural interventions with children yeah, triangle okay. in parenting at the bottom. Yeah. You have like praise and play, you know, because they're the ones you want to do more of and then. Yeah, know, awesome. You know, then you've got yeah, no, no, and then you it. go I up. the technical aspect. Okay, but of course my favourite triangular model is the Dilbert hierarchy of the workers' Dilbert. needs. <laughs> um, 
I so, think that's a lesser known clinical tool, but still nonetheless. A, oh, oh, very oh, profound. Yes. Wide applicability. Yes, absolutely. Uh, wide applicability because the baseline is fizzy yes. caffeinated drinks. Good. Yeah. And oh. then the next step up, so you need quite a lot of this because this, this is sort of like the middle of the triangle, oh, is bless. solving a crisis of your own making. Yes, good one, Jerry. Now you're getting warm. Love the role um, of crisis so, Okay, but, all right, you ready for the serious model? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. The serious model is uh-huh. mechanisms by which adverse childhood experiences influence health and well-being throughout the lifespan. So yeah. at the bottom you have uh-huh. generational embodiment historical trauma. Right, yes. and this is what we talk about all the yes, time. Yes, we do. This is often this neglected. is the work. If everyone's confused, this is the work. Yeah, but the next step up, right? There's maybe yeah. a lot of levels okay, in the sure, triangle, no, no. so just yes. hold out. You know, yeah, there. Yeah. The next level up is social conditions, local context. Oh, he's so um, good! Wow. Yeah, often, often fully neglected as well um, in the world of psychology. Um, Not so much in my field, in my work in public health. We're pretty... Okay, you're onto that. pretty... Onto community variables, like environmental variables in the the world around. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Like Then we've got um, the latest buzzwords. Although the construct does appear to stand up, although it is called different things in different fields. Adverse childhood experiences. Sure. And then next one up is disrupted neurodevelopment. Oh, yeah. So your yes. brain changes. Yes, yep. the brain. Oh, my God. That's okay, so good, so this dude. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I don't even know if it's his model. but what? Yeah, I know. He's, it's, he's pretty comprehensive. and I, I like that he's telling the world about the, especially the brain changes. That's a real yeah. bastard. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's and, a, and oh, the Trying to heal is, that is. The evidence technically is, difficult. The evidence yeah. is there as well. Uh, yeah, the evidence is there. Uh, previously, when my child was about to start school, yeah. I became obsessed by school oh. readiness, which kind of makes Did sense. You, and, yeah, and it yeah, wasn't. All right. um, do you have doubts that this was a good thing to be obsessed no, by? No, I'm just noticing oh. a post truck out the front of my place and I'm thinking. I don't think the doorbell rang. I don't. Anyway, sorry, slightly distracted. Get back to the school readiness thing. Okay. <laughs> Stay with me. I was going, where's that? Did they deliver a package? No. Anyway, back, back to school readiness, right? Your kid, you're getting ready, you're being diligent, you're doing the clinical psych bit, you're frightened of your failing and all that jazz. You're offsetting that with focusing on school readiness. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I totally agree that, <laughs> I that know. was an accurate. <laughs> Paraphrase, but anyway, yeah, yeah, moving along. Um, <laughs> noted. In fact, in defence of clinical psychology, I will say, <laughs> through reading the literature, I found some research heroes, and I also read some really profound and informative stuff, which has had generalizability. Um, Can I just make a request of the clinical psychs everywhere? You can be okay. And we can be okay as well. We can both be okay at the same time. The price of you being okay is not that we are not okay. That is extremely true. But if you read something and (laughs) you learn something and science inspires you, is that clinical psychology or is that just freaking wonderful? Um, I love that. It's just you're learning something using rationalism, Jerry. That's awesome. You're learning a relationship between two variables and you're trying to control one to change the other. Sounds um, good. Not only that, you're learning nuances and differences in things that are held to be true. Uh, I will just briefly go on this tangent, even though I'm sure you're excited to hear the rest of the triangle model. I am, Jerry. I am. So where... Okay, the marshmallow experiment is held to be. Oh, the marshmallow experiment. I I know, I know. Everyone's going to eye roll because anyone who's ever (laughs) seen the dogma 
you know, maybe yeah, a slight okay. skerrick of doubt comes into their minds. But the kids uh, with higher degrees of self-control um, yep. resist longer res- res- yeah. and go on to, you know, they longitudinal wait. <laughs> greatness, right? Yeah, they better but planning skills, self-control. As this model says, right, um, why would you have increased self-control? Why would you have better executive functionings, planning, impulse control if you live in a world that is random and unpredictable? Um, of course that's not going to develop, right? Because why would it develop? Good point. It that's be, a good point. I think yeah, good point. It's a brilliant point. Yeah, it's so a very good point. People yeah, yeah. adapt in order for their environment. So those kids who did so in inverted commas, doing the little bunny ears well in the marshmallow experiment, I uh, were in fact from environments that supported and taught that. Not everybody lives in that environment, therefore that skill doesn't develop. Other skills develop. Um, Makes sense. Good argument. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's so disrupted neurodevelopment yeah, is that yeah. the neurodevelopment's probably specific for the situation which is adversive or chaotic or whatever uh it looks like i've just lost you did you not like no, that I, no no sorry i'm just thinking about a case that this is relevant to but it's okay i'm with you i'm just multitasking okay. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And so the next, uh, we're at disruptive neurodevelopment as we go up the pyramid, yeah. right? Yeah. And this maybe this isn't really a pyramid of yeah. things that are common. Maybe this is actually a kind of longitudinal path. Maybe this should actually be a model with arrows leading to things. And possibly my favourite part of a model, the bi-directional arrow. Anyway. Yes, I just so, <laughs> you're such a delight for me, Jerry. You just remind um, me of another way to live. <laughs> okay. But now we're on to social, yeah. emotional and cognitive okay. impairment. Okay. Yeah. So case in point, we're, you know, mixing up yeah. constructs here, but I'm sure everybody's following along um, a child with low school readiness. Yeah. Right sure. is perceived as social, emotional and cognitive impairment and, and probably is for, you know, the beginning of formal schooling. Yeah. Um, then we have the adoption of health risk behaviour. Um, oh, yeah. This is where I not disagree with the model but have doubts because I think adoption of health risk behaviours could come in uh, lower, I think that could be in parallel to many of the other parts of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess this is more of a theoretical model. And mm, then we have next coming up disease, disability, and social oh, yeah. problems. Yeah. And at the very top in that little yeah. um, pointy pyramid bit of the triangle is early death, uh, sure. indicating that, uh, you know, this is serious. Uh, and has, as if the other things didn't indicate this, but has profound societal kind yeah. of implications. I mean, good model, good description. Yes, what is it? Yeah, good description, good summary of the dilemma that we've all, like, helps you conceptualise. Mm. But what, how do you mm. use it, Jerry? What do we do to, to fix the problem, to alleviate the suffering? How do we use that model? Exactly, and maybe it's different at different points of the triangle. Yeah. Uh, we come to the obvious conclusion that we can't do everything. No. Uh, that there are societal forces at work. Definitely um, are. But Definitely yeah, are. where are we? Where are we in the model? I don't know. I guess we're kind of Well, but these are great questions, I think. And mm. I suppose you've got to position yourself in an area of the picture that you believe based on everything you know, everything you've learned, you can have some positive impact on situations. Yes. Yes, or at least, yeah. I, I mean, that yeah. and yeah. doing an and here, just acknowledging oh, yes. the dialectic sure. and acknowledging that the rest of the model is out there. 
Because oh, so yeah, like a like a terrain. That's like a map yes, of the terrain. Yeah, yes, yeah. because otherwise where we go or the direction we go in is essentially blaming the client. Oh um, no! It didn't, don't no! Don't be blaming the client. Well, no, I, no, I'm know, not. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying we've got to have awareness. <laughs> totally need <laughs> awareness. Got to go this. to conference, learn things, have awareness, oh, right. and not blame okay. people. Um, yeah, sure. It's a great path. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I think a strength-based approach is a, is is not a like Pat McGorry, who, who we all love, Australian of the Year. Um, mm. he, he initiated in yeah, my secret city a council level intervention, which is a bit similar to the Triple P parenting um, program that we came out of Queensland Uni, I think. It, well, it's not exactly the same, but it, but it it's focuses on building strength and resilience factors within a community mm. as a way of mm. offsetting some of these forces. And there's lots of research to say that it, it raises a whole kid's achievements on lots of levels. So you want to have like sporting clubs available and, you know, activities and after-school care and all that all that stuff in the community funded by council. And it just provides a layer of protection to children in vulnerable situations. And so that that's like a systemic level in intervention. And that probably is slightly outside what most psychologists do in practice. But when you, but if you know about that stuff, you can support the development of those strengths within children which bolster them to handle the distress of their home environments or the dilemmas of yes. being alive. Because being su- suffering and being human go together. Mm. And I think some of it is you have to work out how to get into right relationship with the situation. I might see this a bit more, don't want to claim Buddhist knowledge, but I kind of am with the Buddhists on this. Like they don't pretend there's no suffering. Mm. They've just got ways of being with it so that it doesn't mm. crush you. Mm. This can I make a wider point though? Oh, yeah. sure. At the moment, in our secret countries, so many things are not working. Oh no, I know. And I, know. I even think this is just a personal opinion, but they probably were never working. It's just that they're under probably greater yeah, degrees stress of stress because of COVID, because of yeah. the bushfires, etc., yeah. etc. I mean, let's go to the platypuses, right? Yes. You know, the platypuses that died in the bushfires, we don't have the any kind of backup no. fragile ecosystem to transfer them to. There was not enough of them before the bushfires. Uh, anyway, Good sorry, point. that got really serious. Again, um, platypus but, are a very gentle sort of essence they we, we've got a few living in my neighborhood yeah they're very secret little creatures that they, they it's hard to see you don't see them very often they're very quiet and they have burrows and um, yeah uh, you know they're the dark horse of the animal world because they're also very efficient just one efficient. They got through s- the body <laughs> <laughs> something i like about that i can't <laughs> one Orifice do all the way. They work. are a funny creature. <laughs> I know, a little funny you should mention platypus. Mm-hmm. I remember going to Lone Pine 100 years ago. I really wanted to see the platypus. I was about 10. Mm-hmm. And anyway, this poor little creature was in an aquarium for the bloody tourists to look at and it had a fluoro light on the top and there was nowhere for this little creature to sit on a rock or yeah it was and I could feel the pain of this creature and I was so upset about it still am still need debriefing and support of it and so I hated seeing that platypus in that condition it was awful yes the poor yeah. little thing because they don't like light they they you know they've got they're designed to deal with darkness more than light they sense mm. things, you know. Mm. They've got this very sensitive bill. Mm. Anyway, mm. so that, I'm not glossing over that. No, um, right. I do want you to know that Taronga <laughs> Zoo has yeah. them in a, in a darkened room. Oh, but good. see, this is the interconnectedness of all things because mm. why were you at Lone Pine? And I put it to you well, that if we zip back into the past, it is yes. cultural even now. I mean, I'm sure other nations have their version of this, but 
it's very Australian to get a picture of your kid with some kind with of fairy marsupial. Yeah, that, that's all we went. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like a lot of Aussie families, I did that, you know, oldest child oh, photograph with, get the with the kangaroo or the koala. By the yeah, time we got to the youngest child, it was a bit, we were opening up Can't to other things other than <laughs> koalas. But Yeah, you know, they forget uh, things like Christmas. Uh, he can have and, a Paris. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was um, so excited to go to Lone Pine on this occasion. I believe it was for my birthday, even worse. So we all dressed up. You know, I was in the lemon bloody pants look, looking disgraceful. I had that, head, that was disgraceful 1980s head, headband on, you know, the, the Terry toweling roll. It was just awful. And I didn't even like it at the time. I was dressed by my mother. And anyway, so we get there, we line up, you know, and can't wait to hold the koala. And and the guy who put the koala on me was really mean and it was so upsetting. And then the bloody platypus was, I saw the platypus, probably the platypus and I felt the same way. We didn't, we weren't happy. We were not happy. And I just, it wasn't a great moment and I was sort of upset about it for ages, losses in childhood. Yeah. What are the losses though? Yeah, like, I, or stuff I that isn't—it's just not isn't right. Really matching what children would like. No, you think you, you say, "Oh, we'll go and hold the koala, get a get a photo with the koala." And all I could feel was that the because the, koalas are high all the time from eating eucalyptus leaves, so they they were actually didn't really mind so, oh, <laughs> so much, you know. The perfect but, creature for that. <laughs> it's like they're bonging on, but, but they, they just eat the eucalypts. So they, they're sort of dazed a bit, but it just felt bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the guy. And yeah, the I can't it, remember mm. my koala photograph experience, oh. though there are visual aids of when I was a child. <laughs> There's evidence that but, it yeah. happened. But but as as you're speaking, this yeah. makes so much sense, right? Does it? About, yeah, yeah. Okay, Why what? did we Tell do this? Why did oh, I perpetrate Jerry. it on the next generation? That's did you perpetrate? <laughs> um, I'm experiencing a bit of guilt. Well, I I think it's got to do with relationship and not knowing how to build one, like just yeah. genuinely not knowing how, except to use dominance or a form of dominance. It's a very basic primate strategy. <laughs> do what I want, uh, attachment uh, behaviour. Maybe I, I shouldn't think, have kissed that kangaroo on the nose. Oh, I kissed the um, kangaroo too and he was slobbing all over me. I was trying to give him some corn. Oh, I still remember that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember it because it was when I was an adult. Oh. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh. Well, Perhaps I shouldn't have revealed that. <laughs> kangaroos are, we, one day we, we, were, we lived in suburban Queensland, just, you know, whatever, and one day, this pair of kangaroos just pop, hops down the street, you know, as as they they just bless them, they escaped from Lone Pine. Mm. It's a great big moment in the suburban news. Anyway, we're sitting watching cartoons Saturday morning, as you do, and buddy, these two kangaroos are out in the laundry courtyard, just hopping around. Now the indigenous elders tell me, I think I can say this, that they can travel. The elders, alive or dead can travel in kangaroos and go and check on you. I think maybe that might have been happening that day. Anyway, we had to call Lone Pine and get the the rangers to come and collect. They were big roos too. They were like not quite six foot but about five, five, uh, five eight maybe. They just hopped around. They, they weren't wallabies. They were like a huge no, they creature. Were they were yeah. really tall roos. And anyway, it's the weirdest thing. I was thinking about this the other day and now it's come up today. Australian animals are in our session today, Jerry. We've got the platypus. That's like more like a feminine spirit. It's a very gentle. Well, we'll just imagine being a. If you want to know what the essence of an animal is, just imagine what the what it feels like to like you're at kinder and pretend to be a the platypus. You know, <laughs> you'll get an idea of it. But roos are like leaping forward in joy. That's one of the things that they mean. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful, Going- efficient movers, aren't they? But they always go forward. They don't. They can't go backwards. Mm, they also and, like to be put in a sack. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not totally sure what that means. But pouch. Yeah. it's attachment behaviour. Maybe I remember being yeah, put it's in the pouch. pouch. Yeah, and apparently, yeah. if you need, it's apparently 
once you get them, them in the bag, it is really easy to transfer a kangaroo because they're very calm when they're in a sack. Because their mummy put them in their pouch when they were little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kangaroos <laughs> are really, they can stop the development of an embryo if there's not enough um, food or water around. They're really mm. interesting animals. Mm. And they can, they use hardly any energy bouncing forwards because mm. of the counterweight of their tail. You know, well, we they, know they look like that. They they look yeah. like an efficient mover. They are very. Um, they look like they're not breaking a sweat. I know that's a human concept, yeah. but they also yeah. box. They fight like each other. The adult roos do. Anyway, what what, what are we talking? We'll go back to your triangle. <laughs> Don't when we did we finish your triangle? I I I. No, we finished. I'm overexcited no. by the triangle. Okay. Yeah, and you I, love a model. I, I knew you'd love I knew you'd mm. love the triangle. Maybe next time we talk, we can talk about circles because Okay. I like a circle uh, too. Yeah. You, you like an overlapping Venn diagram? I don't of, mind a Venn diagram. You can see that on my board, on my whiteboard behind me. I need to do I heard to do diagrams with couples about now this is this part of you and it's talking to that part and we're not having the same conversation. We've got to you know slow it down, we've got to speak authentically, we've got to say what we mean and make sure we're understanding what the other person's saying. Couples work is a lot of refereeing and mm, mm. um it's like kinder in some ways. It's like now what did you say? Mm. Now what mm-hmm. did your friend say? Okay, now, so now there's a lot of hurt here. I, I shouldn't describe Yeah. <laughs> At some point we're going to have to forgive. How will we get to that point? And, when, and after that we're not bringing it up again. <laughs> mm. Or the interconnectedness of all things, the ultimate tagline, the okay. ultimate yeah. tagline for this idea is the title of Aaron Beck's book, uh, which is actually a cognitive behavioural book, but but the title is Love is Never Enough. Mm. Um, So I guess, yeah, you also need skills. You need acknowledgement. You need different ways of thinking about things. You need different ways of behaving. And that expresses that. And the book expresses another powerful idea that things are not just what they seem things have a greater symbolism so in marital therapy that's exemplified by taking out the garbage is more than just taking out the garbage (laughs) or not taking out the garbage it's never (laughs) about the garbage or the washing up never about the garbage (laughs) or the washing up (laughs) these things have a wider symbol a greater symbol as our discussion has revealed so do triangles and platypuses (laughs) and the movement of kangaroos yeah Um, leaping forward in joy good one jerry Mm. Hey, that could be our conference tagline. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. We'll take the kangaroo with us. Leaping Um, forward in joy because we can't go backwards. We've got to try and figure out a way to go forwards, even in COVID, even in lockdown. Absolutely. Let's go forward again. Bye. Bye, Donna. Look at that time. All right. See you next time. Bye, Jerry. Bye.